This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Money FM 89.3, lovely Monday afternoon here. And today we'll be having our regular sports show, Game of Two Halves, live every Monday on Money FM 89.3, where I host the sports podcasters from The Straits Times. I'm Adrian Abraham, and I'm joined today by SD Sports correspondent Sazali Abdul Aziz. And in the second half of the discussion, uh, the Straits Times content producer Ziaul Rashan will be in the studio to recap some English Premier League results, as well as give his thoughts on Lewis Hamilton's dominance in Formula One last Friday at one championship inside the Matrix at the indoor stadium. We saw the return of spectators at a live sports event with 250 people allowed to watch the mixed martial arts show. Now the event is part of a pilot one embarked on with Singapore Tourism Board to pave the way for future sports events in the Republic. Now joining me is Sazali Abdulaziz, the sports correspondent with The Straits Times. Sazali, great having you on. How are you? Oh, it's been, it's been a, a very restful 48 hours. Very enjoyable. Now, before we get to the football, we'll, of course, talk about the one championship. You know, this event that's happened. Finally, the return of live sport. And you were among the few inside the indoor stadium on Friday night. What was that like? Oh, it was a, it was a treat. Uh, you know, it was a real uh, thrill to to actually be in a in a stadium in an arena watching sport again. Uh, you know, I, it, it was looking as though you know 2020 would go you know completely the whole year without having a, a live sports event. So you know, it was it was it was really a blessing. You could see it on the faces of every spectator uh, who was there on Friday night. You know, to go from circuit breaker and not being able to eat at a coffee shop to to this, you know, to to watching an MMA fight, I think was a great feeling and. And like some, you know, fans told me, it brought back uh, a semblance of normalcy to, to their lives. It's something that we've all been, you know, craving for as sports fans. We've missed live sport, particularly here in Singapore, while we see um, the rest of the world being able to watch sport to some sort of extent. Now, I, I understand there were some new procedures that you had to go through. Can you share some of these, uh, you know, new procedures? Yeah, you know, I, I, and I think this will be the way forward. I, that, you know, the, the, this phrase has been bandied about a lot, the new normal, but, but it really is. Uh, two big differences. I think firstly, the, the pre-event um, swap test that I had to undergo, which, which all spectators had to undergo, uh, it's an antigen rapid test, which is, um, in theory, it's similar to a regular PCR swap test that you know uh, those uh, suspected of being uh, uh, infected would have to undergo. Uh, but it was very smooth sailing. When you receive your ticket details, you get instructions on how to book your test online. Uh, you know, you have a choice of pen clinics to to choose from. You choose your slot. You go and and you know you get the result in 15 minutes, which is uh, mind blowing. You know, you can just go out for for a quick uh, drink and come back and you get your results already. So uh, that was the first uh, main difference. Secondly, there was uh, five separate entrances at, at the indoor stadium for you know the 250 people to enter the arena. So that works out to about 50 people per, per entrance uh, for, for you know over one hour. So there was not much of a wheel in the queue. Everything was smooth sailing. Uh, it was easy to maintain social distancing. And honestly, to me, I mean, it was just one event with fans back. But I think it raises hopes for uh, larger scale events with a limited crowd. Maybe even uh, the International Champions Cup next year. I don't know. You know that, that would be about, what, seven, eight months away or nine months away at the National Stadium and you know, the National Stadium has 23 different entrances and 23 different gates, you know, and five or six times the capacity of the indoor stadium. So, you know, one can only hope 
that we can see, you know, Liverpool and Man United uh, in Singapore next year. Yeah, it's something we all certainly missed as football fans in Singapore during the summer, the International Champions Cup. Now, that's fantastic news to hear, uh, Cezali. You know, live sport making a return slowly but surely. And there was more developments here in the Singapore Premier League. Now, of course, we're going to talk about football and local football as well. Uh, behind closed doors, Tampanese Rovers, they beat the Albi Rex Negata 2-0 on Saturday to go top of the table. Now, Cezali, how significant was this win? Yeah, it, it could be massive, uh, especially given this, you know, truncated, you know, shortened format of, of the SPL this year. Uh, I saw someone on social media, you know, after the game, I think it's a Tampanese Rovers fan, you know, saying, oh, great result, now just stay there, you know, at the top. I don't think it's that easy. Uh, I think there's still going to be plenty of uh, twists and turns with, you know, more than half a season still yet to play and, and a full round still ahead, in fact. But uh, yes, definitely, you know, being a point ahead at the top with a game in hand over over the second and third place teams, uh, I think it's a great place for Tampines Rovers to be in, and uh, it'll be an exciting run in for the rest of the season. And what have you made, uh, you know, like about this whole behind door, uh, closed doors sort of environment that these players have to go through? I mean, we've seen it with the Premier League and other big leagues around Europe. What's your take on local football having go? having to go through this process? Yeah, I mean, we, we did a few stories uh, on this uh, this aspect of, you know, the return of the SPL. Uh, and honestly, medical experts have told us that, you know, limited crowds, especially because stadiums are, are an open-air facility, uh, it's, it's not enclosed. They are of the view that, you know, we can have uh, you know, several hundred uh, fans at the stadium, up to maybe a third or a quarter of the capacity of the stadium. Uh, but, you know, obviously, with, with there being so many games, and, and in, in you know, uh, there'll be about three games every week uh, for for either the next couple of months. I think the authorities are, are playing it safe, um, and and you know, deciding to, to just completely go closed door for now, with a, with a view to potentially uh, having some at the end of the season. I, I think just towards the end, or, or maybe uh, they're really planning ahead for twenty twenty one. But I think it's it's a prudent approach. I think. Now, if you like the Straits Times. Game of Two Halves podcast. You can listen live on Money FM 89.3 every Monday, or you can subscribe to the hashtag Game of Two Halves on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify and like us and give us a rating. Now, Suzali, I'm going to rope in Raushan for this next segment, content producer with the Straits Times. Raushan, great to have you on. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much, Adrian, for having me. Shaz, how are you doing? Better than you guys, I think. <laughs> After Man United's result. Exactly. I mean, there's a, yeah, there's only one place to start, and that is with the biggest game of the week. And now, Raushan's already joined me on a few of these chats, and United, given their fixtures, have usually taken up this slot of the biggest game of the weekend. Last weekend, it was Chelsea, now Arsenal. Raushan, I'll go to you first. 1-0 against Arsenal. Arsenal's first win at Old Trafford since 2006 and that's to a penalty Paul Pogba at fault um, the performance by United was certainly well a lot different to how we've seen them play Paris Saint-Germain Leipzig and now this where does Solskjaer go from here? I think it's easy to heap the pressure on Solskjaer after every single bad result the simple option would be to play the Champions League anthem before every game because they certainly up their game for Europe but honestly Application, attitude, so much, so much left wanting, I think. That's a big issue. For Solskjaer, it's about managing egos. 
having Pogba in that team and trying so hard to build it around Pogba might just cost him his job, you know. Yeah, and that's who Arsenal have actually played decently. I mean, of course, they lost to Manchester City and Leicester City recently, but all hope is not lost. I mean, they're at least they're in the top half of the table. United sitting comfortably in 15th. I mean, the last time I checked today. So, Sally, there was also big news surrounding Gareth Bale. He grabbed the winner in a 2-1 win against Brighton. Spurs now second in the Premier League table. Jose Mourinho's side you know, really making their mark in this season. What did you make of Gareth Bale's performance and Spurs in general? I think, first of all, can we agree how weird it is to see the number nine on Gareth Bale's back? You know, I I, I never, you know, look at him and think of, you know, number nine. But, uh, yeah, you know, after so many years out on the wing, so so that was a bit strange. But, yeah, I think I think the goal he scored... I think underscored the fact that we are seeing a different Gareth Bale to the one that left Spurs um, eight years ago. Uh, you know that Bale, you know, was 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 a, a wing player. He tore down the, the flanks with speed and direct running. This one has more guile. You know, knows where to be at the right time. Almost like a like a Cristiano Ronaldo Mark two almost. Uh, and I think he he definitely adds a great dimension to the team. I'm still not convinced. That, you know, they're second now, but I'm still not convinced of a title challenge. I think there's still a work in progress, uh, especially with. Um, so many new faces at the back. You know, basically they have three quarters of a new back line with Doherty, Raguilon, and and Joe Rodon. You know, the backup centre back in the middle. So I, I think it'll take time, but you know, they they're, they're showing good signs for sure. Yeah, and elsewhere we saw Chelsea with the return of Hakim Ziyech. That's now two goals in two games for Ziyech, who joined from Ajax. And you know, I feel that he brings a lot more balance to this Chelsea team. And I'm sure Raushan, you'll agree with me on this. Chelsea at the back as well with Edouard Mendy uh, coming in place of Kepa Arizabalaga, who has been in fault for a lot of goals that Chelsea have shipped last season, this season. Uh, do you feel that now with Ziyech in the squad with Werner, Pulisic, I know he's a little bit injured right now, Mason Mount, and their attacking threat, do you feel now Chelsea can really push on and you know challenge the likes of Liverpool and Spurs? Look, with the amount of money Frank Lampard has spent, uh, he definitely has to push and compete for trophies. And to your point, I think Hakim Ziyech might well be the missing jigsaw that they needed for everything to gel. Because you look at the way he plays, the way he brought in Timo Werner into the game. Timo Werner is an excellent finisher. He just needs service. And Hakim Ziyech might well be the one to provide that. At the back, they've got Thiago Silva, who in my opinion might be too old for the Premier League. But with Mendy, at least there's some stability and... It's about consistency, really. I think that's the problem that Chelsea have to address. If they keep a string of results going, maybe they'll be up there. Top four, at least. And, Cezali, we have to talk about Liverpool. I mean, Diego Jota, he can't stop scoring. A late winner there against West Ham, who actually took the lead through Pablo Fernandes and Mohamed Salah. But this is a question which uh, has been, well, a, a discussion that has to be had. Did Mohamed Salah actually die for that penalty? Uh, he went down easily but then again you could say that about every uh, penalty he wins uh, <laughs> you, you seem to have that uh, this discussion every every game now you know but but yeah I mean <laughs> the referee gave it I think that that's all that matters and, and, and you know obviously that that was you know what 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 uh, mattered in the end for for the scoreline. I think um, with, with regards to Diego Yota, I think you know when when they signed him, you know I thought okay on paper good signing. You know don't know how well he'll exactly fit into the team. You know they struggled a bit to to beef up the attack with the right kind of player in the last couple of seasons. I think 
to me, Shakiri and Minamino have not exactly um, really sort of um, hit the ground running and, and proven that they're the right people for this particular squad. But you know, Diego Yota, I think we, we might be seeing um, you know Firmino's successor. Um, he's he's uh, proven quality. He's still young, only 23, still can develop. Uh, won't expect to start every game, but flexible enough to play either out wide or, or as a false nine in in, in Firmino's role. Um, and yeah, you know, I think I think uh, he's been a great signing, and and he, he again same like Gareth Bale adds a, a new dimension to the team. Now, of course, we talk a lot about football on this show, but it's only fair that we talk about Lewis Hamilton and Formula One and Russia. And I'm glad you're here, uh, you know, to finally talk about this because I've been trying to rope you in for a few weeks now to talk about this dominance that Lewis Hamilton has on Formula One, you know, as he heads towards his seventh title and Mercedes sealed their record seventh consecutive Constructors' Championship, a 1-2 with Valtteri Bottas. What do you make of Hamilton's performance this season? I think Hamilton has been in a league of his own for a long, long time now. And it's no surprise that he won 93, his 93rd race at Imola, a track synonymous with Ayrton Senna. I went into the weekend completely expecting him to win. was a bit of a surprise that Bottas got pole on Saturday, but come race day, Lewis just switches it on. And when you have a machine like the Mercedes, which is in a league of its own, considering they just won their seventh consecutive constructor's title, a bit of a mouthful, um, it's no surprise that he's going from strength to strength, and it's just a matter of time before he wraps up number seven. And I fully expect next season to be number eight for him, and then maybe he'll consider retiring. There is news coming out in the post-race press conference that he said he might not be there next year. I, I don't buy that for a second. I fully expect him to be there. I fully expect him to win seven this year, eight next year, and then look at his future after that. Well, gentlemen, there goes the final whistle for our sports discussion of the week. I'm sure we could you know, keep talking a lot about because there's plenty more to, to cover. I mean, Ronaldo's back from COVID, grabbed a brace. You know, we could just talk Zlatan. forever. Yes, Latad as well. You know, age is just a number at the end. And don't, don't forget, it was a bicycle kick that he scored as well. Sazali, thank you for joining me, Raushan, as well. You can catch SD's Game of Two Halves podcast on demand on the audio apps Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And I'll see you, gentlemen, next week. Thank you. Thank you. you. See ya. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.